Welcome to the Mending Trauma Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Amy Hoyt, and along with my sister, Lena Hoyt, a licensed marriage and family therapist, we want to help you recover from trauma, whether it's childhood trauma, complex trauma, PTSD, or any other trauma sustained from abuse or narcissistic relationships, we want to help you develop skills and ways that can help you to recover from the symptoms and the effects of trauma. We are so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Hi, Amy here. Are you feeling stuck or overwhelmed by things that pop up in your daily life? And perhaps these are because of past traumas or toxic stress. Have you tried traditional therapy and found that it wasn't enough? I know that was the case for me. That's why we developed the Whole Health Lab. Mini Trauma has put together a program that combines the latest research with proven methods to help you recover from trauma and move forward from these daily stressors and triggers. We use somatic therapy, EMDR, cognitive behavioral therapy, and internal family systems therapy. We use nervous system regulation, and many other tools so that we can combine the best methods that are identified in the research to help you recover without being completely overwhelmed. So you can work on trauma on your own pace, your own time, and still with the mentorship and support of a highly trained certified staff. That's us. No more waiting for appointments or sitting in traffic, driving to see a therapist. With our online program, The Whole Health Lab, you can access it from anywhere, anytime, even on an app. Visit mendingtrauma.com backslash whole health lab and learn more. Get your questions answered. We've got a frequently asked questions section and sign up so that you can have this life-changing program in your world today. Don't let your past hold you back any longer. Take control of your future and we can't wait to see you in The Whole Health Lab. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. Today, we're going to be talking about CPTSD and how it's linked to addiction. So we thought we would start by just defining CPTSD or complex PTSD, and then look at how, you know, childhood trauma or complex trauma that is often, you know, occurring in childhood, how that sets us up for addictive tendencies. So Lena, talk to us about CPTSD. What is it? CPTSD, <laughs> first of all, I'm tongue-tied when I say it. CPTSD is a diagnostic description of somebody who's had complex, ongoing, long-term trauma, usually in their childhood. And it's typically with um, caregivers, but it also can be with um, certain dynamics at school, like ongoing bullying in elementary school can, can create complex trauma. It's this idea that in your early childhood, you didn't get what you needed to learn how to regulate your emotions and soothe yourself internally because there was so much chaos or abuse or trauma happening. Really great explanation. And again, we know it happens mostly in childhood, but there are instances where it can happen in adult relationships. Um, But a lot of times it's childhood. So that's what we'll kind of focus on today. 
Um, when we do have CPTSD in childhood, as Lena said, we don't really get a template for learning how to regulate. And one of the ways um, we notice this in our own lives is growing up in a chaotic family with a lot of rage and abuse. There wasn't a way to, there wasn't modeling for self-regulation for one thing, and there weren't any skills taught, you know, whether explicit or just through modeling on how to regulate yourself. So this might look like if you're in a family where um, as a child, you start to cry and it's, what are you crying about? You need to knock it off. Um, So you're expressing emotion and it's shut down immediately. It could look like getting in trouble for saying what you think is going on, like speaking your truth. What are some other examples of kind of common things we see where we're we're not being taught to self-regulate? The things the the ones that I see most frequently in the work that I've done over the years is the chaos that comes with mental illness, the chaos that comes with raging, the chaos that comes with addiction, and the chaos that comes with like multi-generational abuse patterns including incest. And the home life becomes so chaotic because there's no, the adults are not emotionally regulated. And so the kids have no way of even knowing what to do. They just live in a lot of fear and terror sometimes. The other thing is that it's oftentimes unexpected. Um, So you have these um, explosions at home or you have these, you have a parent who turns on you like one time, something you do will be okay. And then the next time you do it three weeks later, you get in horrible, horrible trouble for it. So it's a, it's almost like living in a home where there's like shifting sands, you can't get your feet firmly on the ground. And so it's very difficult to have any kind of um, platform to build your, a decent window of tolerance, like this ability to think and feel at the same time. That's a great way of explaining it. Talk to us about um, the window of tolerance real quick, since you mentioned that. The, the window of tolerance comes out of the work with Dan Siegel at UCLA. And um, his work as a psychiatrist is just brilliant. And he does a lot of work with understanding the um, young child and teen brain. And the concept is that when we're in our window of tolerance, we are not flooded by feelings and we're not only focused on thoughts, but we have the ability to feel and think at the same time. So it's the window of tolerance is when you're not overwhelmed. Way that we learn how to have a window of tolerance in our earliest years are when our caregivers or parents have a window of tolerance. And if you grew up with parents who reacted very, very strongly or underreacted. So there was some neglect, then you don't have any wiring laid down for what it even looks like. That is a really important concept. I think to understand that one, it's not your fault because you haven't been taught this and like any other skill, whether it's through, you know, a skill you need for a career or for relationships, this is something you need to learn. And it can be learned, which is amazing. Um, Before we get into specifics about how we're going to 
you know, point you towards learning how to widen your window of tolerance. I want to come back to how CPTSD is linked um, to addiction and the work of Gabor Mate. Talk to us about that link. Sure. A few years ago, um, there was a movie that came out that was a collaboration between um, a married couple in Italy. I think they were producers and directors. And then Gabor Mate, who is a Canadian physician who focuses on trauma and addiction. And it's called The Wisdom of Trauma. And I love that title because it talks about the way that we can take the traumatic things that have happened to us and we can learn from them, but we can only do that when we have the ability to regulate to some degree. Otherwise it's too overwhelming. And Gabor Mate's work, um, he started working with addicts very early on in his medical career. And in recent years has been able to home in on how, the chaos of childhood, the complex trauma that can happen in childhood leads almost inevitably to some type of addictive behavior. And so we have people who in the world will say, oh, I have an addictive personality, which actually is a trauma response. Yeah, for sure. I used to say that because that's what I thought it was. I thought it was an inherent flaw. (laughs) Yes. But when you haven't been shown how to self-regulate, you latch on to things that feel good and that help you self-soothe and hence the quote unquote addictive personality. Exactly. Yeah. So we turn to external ways to soothe because we haven't been given any kind of templating for internal ways to soothe. Yes. And we talk about this quite a bit, the difference between the internal locus of control and the external locus of control. And what we mean is that there is um, a way that internally we're able to manage and regulate um, our nervous system and manage our emotions to where we realize that um, we have a sense of, I would say, power internally um, versus the external locus of control, which is something I experienced quite a bit when I was younger, where I was looking outside of myself constantly to kind of um, strengthen myself or help myself. That's a really good description of that, Amy. Like looking to looking outside of ourselves to strengthen ourselves or to have a a stronger sense of um, calm or safety. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. When we talk about developing this internal locus of control, um, that that's directly tied to the window of tolerance as well, because the more we can strengthen our internal locus of control and um, find what we need within ourselves, we are able to increase the window of tolerance, that position, as Lena talked about, where we can think and feel at the same time. So let's talk about how to how can we help people widen their window of tolerance? What are some things our listeners can do this week to incrementally widen their window of tolerance? I really think that focusing on reconnecting to our bodies becomes really important when we're doing this work and understanding the way that the nervous system works. 
So if you have this understanding that you're going to have reactions that are subconscious that have to do with um, a felt sense of danger in certain situations, and if you can understand that that's your body's way of responding to something that's a trigger and a trigger really is a chain of memories connected to something in the past. And the triggers that we experience are, um, are ours exclusively. We have our own certain set of triggers. And when we are able to understand that and then pay attention to the response in our body and pay attention to, um, what types of things set our nervous system into the fight or flight or that freeze mode, then we become more able to learn about and be curious about what we're experiencing and why. For me, I'll just let the listeners know, one of the things that helps me to widen my window of tolerance, as Lena said, is paying attention to my body. Um, That's, really helpful when I feel that like clenching of my chest or like that sick stomach feeling, um, kind of noticing it. However, I want to just bring up that so many of us are so disconnected from our body that it takes practice and it sometimes takes weeks or months to even notice that there's a physical sensation going on in your body. So one of the things I would recommend is to slow down a little bit so that you can pay attention to your body. When, especially so many of us with trauma, we tend to go, we have a lot of sympathetic energy and that can show up as um, going at mock speed from task to task, right? Um when that happens, we don't have the ability to feel our body. And so I would say just try and slow down just a, a little bit and ask yourself what, what you notice in your body. It's really, um, it's kind of a consistent question you have to return to over and over in order to, to start getting information. And then the other thing I would say in terms of a micro step that you can use this week to widen your window of tolerance is to use our, um, our number one (laughs) recommended tool, the double breath sigh. When you're feeling like you can't think and feel at the same time, when you're starting to have a reaction, you can use that two inhales through the nose, one exhale through the mouth, repeat at least three to five times. And that will allow you to reconnect to the prefrontal cortex and start to build new neuropathways to stay in the moment during something that's, you know, creating some overwhelm. Yes. Because when we're in that sympathetic energy, I love that phrase. We, um, we can't be present because we're too hyper alert. Our body and our brain are too hyper alert to perceive threat or anticipatory, um, having anticipatory anxiety about perceived threat and being able to calm the body down through the double breast sigh is a really helpful thing to do. And it does allow blood flow to come back into the prefrontal cortex so we can access our tools and our curiosity and our wisdom and that sort of thing. 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Mending Trauma Podcast. Lane and I are really grateful that you spend time with us each week. We know you have a choice and that time is currency. We would love if you would share this episode on social media and tag us so we can reshare. If you feel so inclined, go and give us a five-star review wherever you listen to pods so that we can get the word out and help more people. We know that we are all working hard on our mental health and we wish you great success this week in implementing these new skills. We'll check in next week.